ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mind Refinery podcast. As usual, I am your host, Kyle Bodanis. This week, Andrew Lance and I are looking at After Hours, the latest album from Toronto's own Abel Tesfe, aka The Weeknd. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to the Mind Refinery YouTube channel, do it. Also, if you haven't seen the trailer for part one of the next episode of our culinary series plated, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mindrefinery. We spent five months following legendary Toronto chef Suzanne Barr and her partner Johnny Karras as they built their new restaurant, True True Diner. And now, without further ado, here's the show. All right, to talk about the new weekend album, new-ish, uh, After Hours, uh, I'm here with Andrew Lanza. Andrew Lanza, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, hey, how's it going with you over there? Uh, it's going good. Uh, still social distancing, uh, as one does during pandemics. Uh, it, interesting, this conversation, because last time we talked about Childish Gambino, who just kind of released a record and just put it out to no particular lead up or fanfare. Whereas The Weeknd is more of a uh, believer in the album as the event. It's an event that's meant to be hyped and it's meant to have attention brought to it. Uh, there's videos. Uh, it's a, always a big thing. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? We like I mentioned it last week or last whenever we recorded uh, specifically about Abel and how he, you know, the the, the comparison to um, Childish Gambino's new album, the, the the contrast between the two releases, where as as you said, where one was hyped for weeks while the other was just casually dropped and i think you're seeing that kind of surprise drop more so in the industry like eminem has been doing it for a while more notably like recently with fiona apple just kind of dropping her album out of nowhere uh fetch the bowl cutters which is absolutely fantastic but um yeah i think you see that trend nowadays more especially with albums so easily being leaked online so if you have an album where you're like like hyping in, you're talking about working on it, and you're talking about like okay, it's finishing up, blah blah blah. I don't know. There's I always just feel like there's so much more potential for it to be leaked online. And I I remember back in the day that was a huge thing with like I remember um, again to bring up Eminem, uh, his album was uh, like leaked like two weeks before it was supposed to come out. So now there's this whole with technology being where, where it is, is you can finish an album. And if you look at like Kanye and stuff, like they'll finish an album and they'll release it like the next day online because you just have to like get it to spotify you have to get it to apple music whatever you don't have to go through these pressing of records making of tapes making cds whatever so i think that it just lends itself a lot more to just being almost more of a pure direct line straight to the consumer straight to like the the listener so yeah i don't know i i, I like it i like it long story short i think it's cool um that people are stealth dropping stuff but uh, also with this album I'm, I'm okay with like the huge pompous lead up when it's done like this like in like such a cinematic immersive way do you think we miss out on that as i mean for this it was cinematic level of anticipation for it and do you think when we do like the release you know the 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 rapid you know the rapid fire release like, do you think you lose some of that, you know, like some of that idea where like the the coming out of an album, especially for artists at such a high level, is like a, a special thing? Well, my, my whole thing, I'm very much, I always have been, I'm very much an album listener. So when we kind of get drip fed this content, like this, these songs before the album comes out, it's like, 
this the quote singles of the album it's like once you get the album you're almost like sick of those songs already while now when you have the stealth drop where it's just like here's the whole album you like literally you just don't even know what the single is it's like is there a single for this so many times i've gone back and like checked an artist's youtube page and been like oh they have a video for that song like that song's a single like it's 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 harder to tell but yeah i don't know that's probably my biggest issue is maybe just like saturation personally i don't listen to like the radio all that much so i don't have these songs kind of on repeat um like on a drive or on a commuter or whatever so i i don't get overly saturated with them i mean blind blinding lights like i i, I play the fuck out of that song no matter what so it's, it's hard to get sick of that song no it's really good and also i mean it's obviously referencing you know an earlier musical point in time the 80s especially when we're at like a high watermark for you know synth pop and you know synth oriented music it's very apropos and then he's kind of doubling down on it uh for this record so what did you think what did you think about this record overall with with the two singles that that came out um initially uh especially again with blinding lights like i think blinding lights is a fucking huge track i love that song so much and what was what was the first one heartless when, when those two tracks came out i had high high hopes for this record so that's again that's an issue with you know releasing singles and hyping the album up is you kind of have this idea in your head of what the record's gonna be and with those two tracks i kind of had an idea what the record's gonna be and not that the record was different than those tracks but i don't think maybe they were exactly representative of the whole album um at least maybe like half of it but overall i did i did like the album i probably did like it more than um the childish gambino album not that there's a huge comparison between the two but just because we we're talking about it last week and I'm definitely a much bigger Childish Gambino fan. Like, I'm very much, like, a casual weekend fan. Like, I, I do enjoy his stuff. Yeah, so it, I, I'd say it, it lived up to my expectations, but didn't necessarily surpass them. There were a few tracks on there that I thought they were a little, uh, a little flat. The lyricism on a lot of the tracks I thought was a little cheesy, unfortunately. Like, I, I kind of was, like, listening to them. Like, this sounds kind of cornball. I remember reading a tweet a little while ago saying that, like, they, they miss when the weekend made made uh music for haunted strip clubs and i'm like yeah i, I, I kind of feel that i kind of feel that well i think it kind of goes to the like one of his biggest influences is david bowie and the weekend kind of always creates characters that kind of mirror or are almost surreal portrayals of his you know of his personal life so that's why you know, this is an album about a dude who was homeless, got everything he could possibly want. You know, this combined with an already self-destructive nature began consuming him. Uh, now he is, you know, out in the moment and reflecting on who and what's happened. But, like, you're seeing the downturn of that. And I think that's kind of reminiscent, you know, because he's had high-profile relationships fail. And this idea of, like, years and years and years of drug use and self-destructive behavior kind of culminating uh, with that. And he uses Los Angeles kind of as the the symbol of that on this record. So, you know, like his earlier stuff, it was very much that, you know, portraying himself as this kid breaking into, you know, like a sordid world. Uh, and then on Starboy, he's wrapped in it. Uh, and it has, uh, you know, and there's that very characteristic, you know, synth, dark synth pop form that kind of like, I think hits sonically it's a good it's watermark on starboy but he doubles down really on like it starboy. too i really like starboy too and i think that you know this record has a lot in common with its predecessor my dear melancholy but like 
the way he's able to create characters and doubling down on that whole David Bowie idea of reinvention and portraying different, you know, especially, you know, different, different people, different characters for, you know, media releases and that kind of stuff. I think that he's done really well with this. And that's reflected in the videos. Like, I really, really like that. Cause when I look at the weekend, for me, he is, he is at the top tier of performers in the world right now. And for him, it's about doubling down on, you know, the spectacle of the career, the storytelling, the involving multiple forms of media. It's, I, I really, really like this. I love what he did it from, did with it from a marketing perspective as well. I do think some of the times the, the, the lyrics can get to come across as almost a little too earnest because I think he's playing on like, especially with the videos, like you see, and we'll get into the videos. There's almost like he's satiring the life of excess. Mm -hmm. And then he's also talking about the come down from that. And I feel like when he gets away from being darker, sometimes the earnestness can be, I don't know. I can almost feel uncomfortable by it. But at the same time, this record is really, really great. And I feel that there is a definite direction in his music and, you know, what he's experimenting with and where he is in his head, both lyrically and sonically. And I'm very interested to see what he does after this, because now he's kind of, you know, like this haunted strip club thing. Like his music has had a very dark association with it, especially when it came to like drug use and sex and like his opinion on the role and like the role of indulgence in his life and self-destruction. And I really it would be interested where he goes from here. There are some certified uh, bangers on this. Um, Blinding Lights is incredible. I love that song. I mean, I can't I literally can't get enough of that song. Like I listen to that song so much and I still can't get tired of it. It's incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite good. And yeah, this whole David Bowie idea of like reinventing himself, I really like it. And then when I hear certain tracks, there's almost like a lamenting of he spent his life kind of wanting to do the LA thing. And now there's almost like a lamenting of that. Like when you hear tracks of like leaving LA, oh, sorry, escape from LA and um, snow child where he's like kind of directly referencing like he's from the north and from the snow and he kind of wants to return to that because it like made more sense and he, you know he spent a lot of time wanting to get out of that but then you start to realize that places are associated with you um, my 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 only issue with that is is like i i get that he's been kind of exploring that idea for like four albums you know what i mean it gets a little tiresome i find but I don't think I don't think with Starboy he was exploring that. I think it's the other it's the middle part of that. It's the it's no, he's the, in it for sure, but like he still he still like talks about it. Like he, he still talks about like how, you know, just like Ellie's all the same and whatever. And it's just I don't know. I feel like that kind of idea has been explored to death on his last four albums, honestly. So I don't know. I feel like it's like get a new shtick. A little bit see i think the whole la thing is him being above it though like if from a, almost a condescension in starboy whereas this it's spit him out uh He's just like jay baruchel in um uh, what do you call it? this is the end oh yeah like, yeah where he's just like i can't do it anymore but, yeah yeah you yeah, can't do it anymore Canadian that's just too good for la yeah all of a sudden the weekend will start beefing on jonah hill yeah <laughs> he just had a just had a beef with him he's america's sweetheart <laughs> the weekend is america's sweetheart i mean here's a question how close to his personal life do you think this is or is like they're an arm's length portrayal from a character standpoint 
actually that that that's a really interesting question i was actually thinking the same thing watching all of the videos of um you're kind of talking about this persona that he's created for the new album right? yeah especially and yeah. especially with how much of it now is like doubled down as a through line from the videos yeah. to the cover like it's you know so so yeah so i was actually really thinking about how much the lines are blurred and this um kind of relates back to our other conversation with Charles Gambino and the production of uh, This Is The Internet, uh, Because The Internet, um, how he, like, lived that role as the character from the album for a year. So it's, like, I that brings into question this whole kind of um, After Hours uh, persona is, like, how much of the persona is him and how much of it is just, like, a character for the album. And, like, you see it with the um release of like the short film where kind of like the beginning of the short film is like him um at the jimmy kimmel studio and just even like i watched the um the colbert steadicam kind of one take quote one take shot through the back alleys uh, the back hallways at cbs and it's like it's all very like the lines are all very much blurred and and it is really interesting to um to, to know do you is the, like does this character have a name like i don't really know too much about this character other than what i've seen from the videos are you familiar i haven't seen any kind of name because what i was trying to do is like see kind of establish what a direct storyline is for this obviously he's got the part like from the you know the short where he goes into the elevator and then you hear the guy scream and then it, then the next video he's it's the woman again and he's like there's a pursuit and then the, i think he gets decapitated so like i think it's just kind of heavy on symbolism is the most thing for sure for sure i mean you can tell and d the dude can act man like honestly like we saw that in um like the older videos uh that he's put out over the years he's never been a bad actor in those but even in like his, his small part in um uncut gems he i thought he was like pretty good in so yeah seeing him in these in these kind of tripped out you know super uh symbolism heavy uh, uh shorts and, and music videos it's it's yeah, i think he does a really good job portraying as much as you can with with i mean because he's not delivering any dialogue so just through singing and and just facial and body movements i um, he uh, he portrays a lot i think i think he did a really good job just like watching these videos and these performances i'm like what drugs does this feel like? I'm like, is this guy doing a lot of coke? I don't know. Like, it's very interesting. Well, it's kind of a heavily a heavy psychedelic. Yeah. yeah. Like he he licks the toad. Like shit goes crazy and all, all <laughs> wonky. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of uh, like Wolf of Wall Street with like the like the quaaludes. See, those are the kind of drugs. Out. Those are the kind of drugs that I'm talking about. I'm like, nah, it's, it feels like pills. Uh, you know, maybe he's, I'm like, did he just try DMT? What is going on? That's why I'm like, this is just because he flirts with psychedelia so much. Mm -hmm. And obviously something in the videos like fear and loathing is a oh, for huge, sure. I mean, cause he's literally lifting exact shots from it. Especially he's using, especially he's using a lot of like wide angle, sorry, wide lenses in close-ups and stuff like that. And really cool framing too. I, yeah. I found it in that video, really crazy framing. Yeah, so I'm like, this feels, I mean, like, this feels, you know, psychedelic, but then it's almost like millennial psychedelic, so I'm like, are these guys doing, you know, friggin', you know, what's that ADHD drug? Oh, Ritalin? No, no, not Ritalin, um, what is it? The, all the kids are doing it these days. To study. Not Ritalin, it's the other oh, Adderall, one. Adderall, Adderall. Adderall, yes. There we go. I'm not up Caught on my... Caught yeah. drug addict? No, I gotta ask you. You're like the you're like the drug encyclopedia. I'm like, yo, what was this guy on? You're like, uh, I think it, it was M. Some L like one P L S D. 
let's talk about standout tracks. So what for you, you know, stands out as, you know, the, the, the songs that represent the best of this? Um, I have, like we talked about it before, but I'd have to say flying lights is, is one, one of his best tracks period, I think. But, um, I really like in your eyes, the, the track after blinding lights, I, I feel like that's a, a really good song. It's, it's a, it's got that same kind of aesthetic that I like. Like I've been just aside from this album, I've just been listening to like a lot of like synth wave lately. And this is that, this album just like really kind of like the, the big kind of like eighties synthy kind of like those outrun uh vibes though that really like tickles t- tickles my fancy so anything like that on the album really got me so like buying lights like in your eyes and stuff like that yeah i don't know i i thought i thought there weren't a lot of um like i like the other uh single heartless i didn't think there was a lot of bad songs on the album i think maybe the like the last song what is it um until i bleed out the uh the the third single i don't think that one i really like too much but yeah, I don't know. How about you? What, what would you say? That was track? that was on my the until I bleed out. Uh, it was probably one. It was on one of the songs I picked as. Uh, I'll start with the ones I don't like. That one and "Save Your Tears" were the songs oh, that I you didn't re- like until I bleed out. I didn't like until I bleed out. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. Sorry. Yes. So, like my my thing with that is what you were saying about. You know how it's this has been treaded, and you know I felt like some of the you know the lyrics uh, they weren't like mature or representing like kind of a new like direction of where he's going uh like just for those those two tracks uh especially save your tears and i'm like even the synth on it is like i'm not too into it uh, in terms of like good tracks uh in oh, time yeah, save, save your tears is is definitely probably i i'd say that's probably the weakest track on the album yeah um too late is one of my favorite tracks on it. I really like it because it's that um, you know that quintessential dark, brooding, uh, weekend music, and it's fantastic. It's really good. I really find the, you know, like again, I had mentioned them before, Escape from L.A. and Snowboy interesting. I just here's my thing with these because these songs because they're very specific imagery about leaving Los Angeles in terms of. It's fucked him up and screwed up his perception. He's become too addled in drugs and all this kind of stuff. So my, I'm always very curious about how fully autobiographical this is because, like, it's is it be somewhat? It's yeah, be somewhat. It's 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 funny to me. One thing that I found funny is how, um, from a visual standpoint like the the visual media that was released for this album how symbolic it is and how abstract it is while at the same time how a lot of the lyrics on the album i thought were very literal so i thought that was kind of a weird juxtaposition where it's like from a lyrical standpoint like this guy's just straight up telling you how it is there's i don't know for me there wasn't like a lot of room left for interpretation while like the from a visual standpoint the album was just you know, almost completely up to the the viewer's interpretation. There's just like a lot of abstract symbolisms in it. Yeah. I I don't <clears throat> I don't like it when I become invested in terms of how genuine a per like and forthcoming an artist is. And I guess like when I hear a song like Snowboy it touches on my Toronto pride where I'm like, you know, this is a guy who left. I mean, and also made no, uh, 
like didn't really pull any punches in terms of growing up in Scarborough and vocally wanting to get out of it and feeling limited by it and also feeling limited by the city. Uh, this is where those like Los Angeles, you know, aspirations come from. Very much wanted that to be his life. That was the dream. Um, it's interesting how it happened because I mean, he literally got noticed, you know, when he was putting out like mixtapes and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I listen to it. I'm like, do I want it to be true? Am I emotionally invested in this? Because I would never consider myself a hardcore weekend fan. But then it's just some narratives that become interesting, especially when it comes to people who are from where you're from. That's almost why I enjoy Drake's unabashed Toronto-ness. And even though some of his music, I think, can be super fucking weak, uh, I, I, I like it. I like the story. I don't know. It's interesting. No, that's, uh, that is a really interesting point. And it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's like, yeah, it's those blurred lines. It's like how much of this persona is him and how much is the character. And I'm sure it's, you know... I, if I were to hazard a guess, I'd say it's probably more autobiographical than it is kind of uh, a persona or a shticker or whatever you want to call it. So as a music fan, how much of the artist's story do you take into consideration in your fandom? Like, are you like, I just need to hear the music or am I wanting the whole story? Like, how immersed do you feel you have to come, you know, get into it? Honestly, I... It, it really depends on the artist. There, there's some artists that I'm definitely like know them as a person. You know, you follow some artists on Twitter or whatever, and you almost get to know them as like you. You almost get to more, know more of their personality. Um, but then there's this whole you know question of separating the artist from their art, and it's like Kanye, man. Like Kanye is one of my favorite artists full stop you know what i mean he's one of my favorite artists of all time as a person i'm not a big fan of kanye but um yeah and there's just been like a lot of artists that i've loved that you know a lot of whatever fucking louis ck ryan adams where stuff comes to light that makes you question it's like how much can i separate the art from the artist and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't there and everybody has I, I think everybody has their their own line that once you cross that line that it's like okay i can't i can't support this person anymore i can't i can't listen to them anymore i can't you know watch their stuff whatever so i don't know i i, I guess as i said it just it, it really depends on the artist some artists i love and i'm like i listen to them and i literally have no idea anything about them as a person sometimes you don't even know like what a person looks like you know what i mean so it's weird because how I started really enjoying music and how I believe I got into writing and wanting to create content and stuff is like, you know, I used to read music magazines, guitar magazines, and I would be, and in it, you would learn about, you know, you would learn about the artist and like where they're the coming person, from. The yeah. Like I remember reading, uh, you know, about uh, the Eric Clapton record, Layla and other sort of love songs. And this idea about how Layla was written about Patty Boyd and how Dwayne Allman played on it and like what the lives of the individuals were like when they came together for it. Like I almost loved the stories of the musicians rather than the actual musicians themselves. But now with our current landscape and social media context, I feel that I'm looking at it now almost naturally from a morality standpoint rather than uh, I'm interested in the life and times of that artist and how that informs the work they do. That's why with this, it's almost, I'm like kind of happy that I'm not like, we already know that he probably engages in morally reprehensible behavior on, in in terms of a young person. 
right? Uh, and but, uh, this but, but, like, and this idea of, but it's more like the idea of fame, and it's not like he I'm he's being denounced as a bad person. Yeah, like like you know what I mean? It's 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 more of a different way of like we're not uh, we're, like the whole point of this and the point of the record is not to say that the weekend is a super good guy, right? Because he's being very unabashed with it. So, but I I'm more talking about like how like you start to look at the morality of things with our current landscape and like what like has the artist done anything super bad which is important because i think people like listen i love manhattan and i love annie hall but i can't watch a woody allen movie anymore and i think that's kind of what we're watching out for so now i, I like that it's almost like a reprieve from that with this where i'm wondering if the art really matches reality rather than it be some kind of i'm looking for moral approval of the weekend if that makes any sense at all yeah in terms of his in terms of his work where are you ranking this uh, i'm gonna i'll ask one question beca- before that when you're ranking his work are you just ranking it by artistic criteria impact it makes uh how many bangers are on it like let's start there i feel like you got a if you're if you're putting if you're putting out all this promotional material with an album, you almost have to take it into consideration. I'm not saying it's like everything at all, but you have to take it. You have to like take into consideration. If somebody's releasing all these, you know, essentially short films along with an album, like you have to take that into consideration. I'm not saying it's it's mandatory watching or whatever, but yeah, I, I'd say overall you have to take in a full album for for what it is. And I mean, I, first and foremost, you got to look at the music. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's just. You know, you gotta have a couple bangers on there. You gotta have a couple big slow jams. You, you know, you you, you gotta have uh, you, you gotta have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I would rank this pretty high up there. I think his best album, still, in my opinion, is Beauty Behind the Madness. And then I'd probably say Starboy, and then I'd probably say this one. I'm I'm a little more unfamiliar. Like I've heard like the like the trilogy, like mixtapes and stuff, and I've heard what what's the other one? Um, Kissland. I didn't really yeah. feel Kissland that much, but I liked I did like the trilogy. But I'm definitely not super familiar with those. But as far as this kind of like more after his breakout stuff, I would probably rank rank this third behind Beauty and Starboy. I never really got super attached to Beauty. And for me, it was Starboy that really got me into him. You know, I listened to that record and I'm like, this is really good. Especially the, you know, also I'm kind of a sucker for Daft Punk. So, you know, the title track kind of kind of drew me in and just the whole thing oh how can you not and just realizing how good from a production standpoint like the amount of work that goes into these records is silly i think this one it matter it what it'll depend on is whether or not you like this version of the weekend's character or do you prefer the you know the in it the living dangerously the almost in the moment like nature of the lyrics rather than the super self-reflective nature of it. Right. And I think sonically from like, you have to kind of just be vibing with the whole kind of eighties outrun uh, synth wave aesthetic. He doubles down on it. Absolutely. He he, he takes it. If you're not, if you're not vibing that sound for whatever reason, then you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy this record as much as somebody that does for obviously. And you raise an interesting point too, because you were saying the amount of the amount of promotion and stuff that goes into it, like almost kind of determines how you evaluate a record 
whether you like it or not, to be honest with you. And I do agree with that, that if someone is just dropping a record and I, it's almost as if you're slightly less, like the way it's released has an effect on how critical you're going to be. Like for this, with just the lead up and the singles coming first and, you know, all the video and the setting up of it almost as like a concept album or at least like just really playing on, you know, the initial, the story of the main character. I think that he's met what he wanted to achieve for this because it's been released to critical acclaim. It's the records doing well. I mean, it debuted at number one, but I do think when some, you know, when, you know, when someone creates that expectation for themselves, uh, you can't help, but think about it and take it into consideration. And, you know, it's like, it's this, it's almost like this, um, you know, it's uh, a prejudice towards things that smack of effort. Um, I think I think no matter what, even if like you look at something like um, the Childish Gambino album, the the stealth dropping it, the making all you know all the tracks the, the, the for the most part the the um like the the time code or whatever like the just the stark white album cover like that's all calculated right like that's not like like you have to realize at the same time like that is its aesthetic so that's its own hype you know what I mean in its own way. Yes. So like just releasing it like that, it's not like it's not like Donald Glover was like, oh, just put it out with like the 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 time code for the track listings, and I don't know, put 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 it out with the, I don't care, just leave it blank. Like no, like that, those are all calculated things to make it seem minimalistic at the same time. You know what I mean? So you have to look at it in that context too. So even if something is stealth dropped like that, even like you know Kanye with. Um, with Yeezus where like the, uh, the, the, like the album cover was just like the picture of the CD. Like those are all calculated things. Right. So you have to look at it from, from both standpoints where even if there is no lead up, like there's still, you still have to look at it for what it is and like, like take into why they're doing, like why they made these choices because they're deliberate choices. Absolutely. I think it's like with politics, people are trying to be like, well, I don't have a particular, you know, a particular political ideology. And I'm like the absence of political ideology is an ideology and it's almost like the absence of marketing is a marketing combined with combined with all that stuff so it's like it's like with don with with the release that childish gambino used it's a combination of he used the nimbleness and speed of release of you know the internet which is really good artists can connect right with their fans get music out but it's like he just gorilla released this put together packaging and that in itself is super cool, right? And it's like you almost get like sideswiped by. It. You're like, holy shit! He but just I mean, dropped this uh, yeah. whole thing, and that's really and that's really cool too because he drops this complete package out of nowhere. Yeah, and like the thing is, I I almost guarantee you, fucking uh, a bunch of thought was put into like what shade of white for like the album cover. You know what I mean? Like like it. I feel like there was probably a lot more going on behind the scenes to like pull off the minimalistic approach than if there was some crazy album cover that they like commissioned an artist to do, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's maybe not comparable, but there a lot went into making it seem like it was minimalistic. I think it's funny because when you start to evaluate the success of a record, uh, you know, by artists at the level of the weekend, you almost judge it also based on its marketing ability, you know, and like the ability to get it out there. Artists who have really cool marketing, 
uh, campaigns for the records. Like I almost like it, you know, obviously it draws more attention. That's the whole point, but it also, you, it also kind of enriches the experience at times. So it can like almost simultaneously, simultaneously enrich the experience again, make you feel like it's more of an event, but then at the same time you're, it brings that hype machine up and that it creates expectations. And if you didn't like it, well, then it almost seems like a waste. This album, I thought pulled it off. I just don't think, think it's, so I just don't think, yeah, like he didn't release it amidst all the hype and then have it fall flat. I, I think that. that it's just not his best record, but it was a very good record and I liked it a lot. So kind of one of the last things I want to talk about comes from, you know, what we were just talking about. There's this small group of artists and I want to talk about who we think they are, who are like the weekend in that they are the top tier artist and when they release something, it almost has to be an event. And they always, and they, you know, they always try to create these, you know, with videos and incorporate everything. And it's almost incorporate the different forms of media. And it's almost like now, and maybe, you know, it's always been like that. If you want to be a top tier artist, it is a absolute prerequisite. You have to be doing things like the weekend, like making these event music videos and such. Hmm. That is a really interesting question. That, that's something I'd have to think about. The only thing right off the top, top of my head right now is you look at something like this is embracing like a whole new medium and is what uh, Travis Scott just did in uh, in Fortnite, having the oh, yeah. concert in Fortnite. So, I mean, that is definitely like, I don't know if Travis Scott is me. I mean, he's, he's at the top. He's at the top of his game. Like he's, He's he. I wouldn't say he's at the level of like the weekend or like Kanye West, obviously. But nobody's making moves for it. Yeah, exactly. And like that brought like that had the highest number of like concurrent Fortnite players. I I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but um, I know that was like the highest number of concurrent Fortnite players ever to watch that. And like I've seen like I didn't watch it. I'm I'm, I'm not really a, I'm not a Fortnite player, but. I saw videos of it online. It looks super cool. You got this like like this giant Travis Scott like rapping away while there's all this like crazy shit going on in the background. Like that's super cool, I thought. That's a really cool idea. Um I think that was pulled off really well. I think there's a potential for it to be super cheesy and super cringy. Like you could just have like a stage with like the artist, which initially when I first heard about this whole like Juice World, like Travis Scott concert, I thought it was gonna be like that. I thought you were gonna be like at a concert and you're gonna like stand there and like watch Travis Scott perform. This was way cooler. I so I think it has the potential to fall flat. Yeah, like what what I don't know, maybe not so much with Kanye. Like Kanye's um the the, the summer of Kanye uh, a couple years ago where he had like the the Nas album, the Pusha T album, mm-hmm. um his solo album and uh the Kid Cudi album. That I feel like those were like huge releases. Like that's like the last thing that I can remember that was like huge like uh, that summer like kanye was delivering us a pretty much a full not like you know not a full album but like a bite-sized album what like every other week or whatever so Mm -hmm. that was pretty huge um i'm interested who who would you put on that list that that, that's an interesting question taylor swift hell yeah taylor swift because (laughs) see all these all these artists that are at the top and you know on major labels they gotta spike the capitalist vein for this so that's why that's another reason you know not from just an artistry standpoint but from a commerce standpoint of why you have to create all this hoopla like for taylor swift it's like a documentary or an infomercial maybe as i'd like to call it It, or and you like brand tie-ins you know and it's 
the you know increasing features on records big music videos high budget where you're seeing almost it's you know it's it's packaged in a different way but it's like the legacy it's legacy music you know what i mean it's those legacy music industry things have you seen um have you seen the taylor swift uh what is it miss americana have you seen that on netflix yeah that's why i said it's like an infomercial I fucking dug it. I'm I mean, to listen. If it you like, if you like Taylor Swift, you're gonna like it. I just wouldn't call it a. I just wouldn't call it a documentary, because it's. I don't know. We documented a thing that happened. Uh, yeah, but still, when you're doing documentary, you would know this because you participate in documentaries with us. They friggin' like it's about like conflict and it's about learning and exploration but i feel like a lot of the things we talked about in it listen i like taylor swift i don't like i'm not like a big fan of her music but i do like how she is fierce enough especially to stay like in the school hold scooter braun thing and you know what i mean and that she is at least uh, started to use that fame as a voice and to you know not just define herself by being a young musician. I really, I respect her that way. I just don't think that the docu, like, I would really love to see something really, you know, intense getting into her personal life. Because, okay, I, because you know what it is? I think that, what, here's the problem with that documentary. The big thing, it was arm's length. That's the problem. Yeah, okay. That's but, fair. But that's because I'm the guy who wants to know the story, Right. I like like that's part of the whole mu- the my mania around music. Okay, that's fair, but you're saying so. First of all, you're saying okay, it, it's you wanted to get the real story. Yeah, like you said, it's the propaganda wing of Taylor Swift. Okay, so whatever, just accept that. Yes, I agree that I can agree with you on. But you said there needs to be conflict or whatever. There's conflict. There was, like, as you said, what's his name? Screw to Ron or whatever. There's conflict with that. There's the whole conflict with, like, releasing her tweet about, um, uh, the, like, the, uh, elections. Uh, but I already had that conflict because it played out in the media and we saw, like, she wasn't saying anything that wasn't already put out in the media. That's the kind of the big thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that there, you, I'm just saying that there was definitely conflict. Anyway, at the end of the day, obviously, it's not some, like, cinema verite, like, it's not some, like, truth telling but like i don't know man it was on netflix it was about taylor swift i watched it and enjoyed it i didn't think it was bad Uh, yeah no i didn't think it was bad like i put it together and when i watched it i wasn't like that's uh, you know 90 minutes wasted um i just thought it's just with her and that's part of the whole thing is that everything is a calculated pr decision just like like you were saying like with the childish gambino with you know, down to the, you know, the color that's picked for the album covers and stuff like that, you know, and how those tie in. I do think, though, in her, to, in compliment of her, anybody who tries to say she's not smart is stupid. She is very smart. She gets what this whole situation is. She gets the mania behind, you know, the cult of personality and needing to market and all that stuff. And that's why she's at the top. Everyone who can, you know... It's like the Matrix. If you can bend those, if you're like Neo and can bend all those things to your own will, you're going to be huge. And that's why she's huge. And that's why Beyonce's huge. And that's why Beyonce's another one. Beyonce's the one who's doing it at the highest level. She is. Yeah, with like the album, like the video for like every song. Like she stealth drops an album and then there's a video for every song. Like how did she film a video for every song and nobody knew about it? Well, absolutely. And then when she put out Lemonade which I think is her best record. And one thing about Beyonce, 
and what's good for her and why she's still the gold standard is because her records keep getting better. Like, if you look at her with Destiny's Child all the way, especially to Lemonade... Sorry, I'm going to pull back on that one just because I didn't like the... I don't like the post-Lemonade stuff. Um, especially I didn't like the Carters, like, with, uh, with, with Jay-Z. I didn't really... wasn't into that. But Lemonade was so well put together, and so her talking about being a black woman in America and being in a relationship and being in the public eye and then using all of this as form equals content to create that movie of the music, you know, for Lemonade and all this, I, you know, that is where, that is where everyone wants to go and where everyone's aspiring to go. I think Taylor Swift is probably the closest because she just gets it as well. And as I said, if you get it, you're, you can bend all these things to your will. It's a good point. It is. I'm not, not going to argue with you on that. It is. Ain't humble too. Uh, on that note, Andrew Lanza, uh, thank you very much for being here. We're going to head out and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.